Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means What's up, freebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? All morning I told myself I was going to change that opening, but then I didn't, you know? Uh, old habits die hard with a vengeance. It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this here podcast, which is called Three Swings. It's a podcast about baseball and other things. Uh, hey, thanks for helping us celebrate our 100th episode. That sure was fun. Um, seeing the episode on the Apple Podcast featured page and uh, hearing so much from you all about why you like the show, even if you don't like baseball, which is honestly my most favorite. But uh, don't lie to me. If you like baseball and you like the show, I like that one too. Um, <clears throat> I just like I just like that one because so many people tell me they don't listen to my podcast because they don't like baseball. So, hey, you should listen, even if you don't like baseball. Um, cause sometimes here's the, here's the rub. I don't like baseball. <laughs> I love baseball so much. Sometimes I don't like it. Um, big shout out to, uh, Paul F. Tompkins for being a guest on that show. Um, really great to see him and hear him and have friends on the podcast and in our lives. Um, <clears throat> what else is going on for me? Uh, since then that was Monday, today's Friday. It's been insanely hot in Los Angeles. We have had another heat wave. Uh, so there's been a lot of really great organizations like water drop LA, um, people's city council, uh, Albert Corrado, who is, uh, now running for city council in Los Angeles. Um, I'm not sure how much I've gotten into city council in Los Angeles. If you live in Los Angeles and you live in CD four city council district four, uh, which is roughly Los Feliz, Silver Lake, Sherman Oaks, and then some other parts, um, go online, just type in Los, what Los Angeles city district am I? And you can find out very easily with your zip code. Um, and if you find out that you're in CD four, I, let me take this moment on my podcast that I own <laughs> to endorse Nithya Raman for city council district four. Um, I will be phone banking for her this Saturday with my dear friend and friend of the show, 
Adam Conover. Um, you may know him from shows such as Adam Ruins Everything. Um, and then there was a show on Nickelodeon that was fun that he did. I don't know. Anyway, you know who he is. If you listen to this podcast, you know who Adam Conover is. Um, <clears throat> I'm doing a phone bank for her. So if you live in Los Angeles and you live in CD4, please vote Nithya Raman. She is exactly the kind of person we need in positions like LA City Council. I am good getting into this because even if you don't live here, I've talked about this a lot this year because I've been frustrated with baseball and frustrated with politics and government. Um, and everywhere there are, if you are a person who's finding yourself frustrated with the presidential election for whatever reason, um, <clears throat> you can put your efforts into other things. Uh, you don't have to. I'm, I'm not here to judge you. If you don't want to do a damn thing except for show up and vote, or you don't want to vote, I'm not going to judge you. You are an American citizen. You get to do what you want. Uh, but I would also encourage you to participate in electoral politics as much as you possibly can. But again, I'm not sneering at you because I just don't think that does anything good. So I bring all of this up to say there's definitely somebody running for something somewhere near you that you can get into. And we are in the home stretch. And it's not too late. In fact, it's right on time. So, uh, like, I can't vote for Nithya Raman. I don't live in her district anymore. I lived in her district district for seven years, and now I don't. So I can't vote for her. However, I am phone banking for her because somebody like her could be on L.A. City Council, and that will affect me as a as a person who lives in Los Angeles because if she can affect change within the city council, that's going to affect me. If she gets my council member to vote more progressively and move towards more progressive policies like defunding the police and funding things like education and community services, then that's going to help me and my neighbors. So nothing is nothing is nothing is too small and nothing is too big. Everything is possible. You can do it. If you don't want to talk to people on the phone, you can write postcards. I did that with some friends for Sunrise Movement. That was great. It was a lot of fun. I felt good afterwards. So these are the things we can do. Um, it, to me, it's self-care. <laughs> I'm finding something I can do, and I'm finding something I can help, and nothing is too small. Just like, just like some of you telling somebody to listen to this podcast and them doing that. It is not too small. It's not. Because I would rather... I would I would rather look at never thinking something is too small than man it's it's never big enough you know and I used to be that way all the time I still can be I it's not like gone all the way however I just realized how much I used to do that and like oh my god your life feels so at least I'll say this my life felt so empty because I was looking at what I didn't have instead of what I've got you know um and so if I can see that nothing is too small, then making something bigger than it needs to be just isn't that important to me, you know? And it doesn't happen as quickly. So that's helpful. Um, I also just want to say, because it's been on my mind, and so taking a chance, um, I, you know, things in living through a pandemic, in living through uh, a social uprising, a civil rights uprising, um, the movement for black lives, uh, the, the consistent and persistent and unending, uh, like feeling that the like empire is crumbling. Um, 
you know, that that sort of just existential dread of of the current American state. Um, a lot of people are, you know, and this show often uh, advertises uh, therapy. And so I just want to put out there as a person who has gone to therapy, continues to seek therapy, goes to it. Um, it's not the be all end all of everything. I think sometimes we start, we, something is a tool and then we pick it up when we start beating people with it. And I just want to take a moment to say like, if you've gone to therapy and it doesn't feel good to you, like that's okay. (laughs) Like you can keep going to different versions and you can keep trying to find somebody that helps, but like, it's all part of a collective, like, um, tools are, plural for a reason um you know if you're if you're a good uh carpenter to use a metaphor or you you're a good like builder let's say um you don't carry a toolbox to a site that just has one phillips screwdriver in it you bring a bunch of tools and then other people on the site have tools too and then typically you like share them and so uh i just want to take a moment to sort of soften at least in in our little world that we have here together um, I just want to soften the conversation around it that like, uh, go to therapy is not the only thing to say. And perhaps we can say it in different ways to each other that like, we can just say, you know, I've gone to therapy and it's helped. And I mean, I'll be honest, I had a very bad experience with a therapist over a long amount of time. Um, and I'm grateful for it because it gave me a lot of perspective, but it gave me the ability to say this right now with, uh, you know, believing it, which is that it's not the be all end all of everything. But, um, I just wanted to share that with everybody because we're going through so much and there are many things you can do to feel good. There are many things you can do to feel, uh, self-esteem and to feel energized and recharged. Um, and something that's really helped me out a lot is giving myself permission to do the things I need to do to feel better. Like if I'm feeling really down and I'm like, I want to watch TV right now. I give myself permission to watch like two hours of TV. And then I check in with myself after that. And just saying like, Hey, we're going to watch a little TV for about two hours. Sounds good. Right. Let's just like really get into it. And it has completely changed the whole thing. And I don't feel guilty afterwards and I don't beat myself up afterwards. And sometimes I'll watch one more and then get into something else. And it's like just something that simple like that. So that was something that was suggested to me. So I'm passing it along to my friends on this podcast um, and just letting you know that that has helped me tremendously in the past month or so. So that's just a a fun little thing. And it's like really being kind to myself about it too. Like very gentle, slowing down, really checking in. I mean, it's, 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 it's funny that like for a while at the beginning of the pandemic, everything just stopped and everything slowed down and our pace changed. And then, you know, we're just human beings and we get back to a frantic pace when we're feeling our feelings and feeling stress. And like one of the most powerful things you can do is really just like slow down, you know, and just like check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. Listen to yourself and see what you need. Um, <clears throat> also, just want to say I was reading this before I got on the pod to record it, I wanted to read the whole thing, but it's 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 a long form uh, uh, piece, which I highly recommend doing that too. Not just reading headlines on Twitter, um, reading a whole thing and like really reading it. Uh, but it's on ESPN.com and it's by Howard Bryant, who is one of my favorite writers on there. 
Um, and the, the title is Police Protest Pandemic and the End of the 9-11 Era. I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm about a quarter of the way through, and I think it's uh, an incredible read, and everybody should check it out if you're looking for something. It's uh, from about three days ago, but um, still still resonating, even though I like just the idea when I opened the tab was like resonating with me, just thinking like, what is this going to be? And then getting into it, it's like, it's a very important one. So highly recommend that one. Um, highly recommend slowing down, giving yourself permission and softening yourself around the things you share with other folks. Um, and with that, we'll be back after this beautiful ad read, um, with a sort of rundown and a wrap up of most of let's what is it uh nine out of ten how many games how many series were there uh most of the first round the wild card round of the 2020 postseason march madness of major league baseball men's major league baseball uh right after this What a beautiful ad read. We got to pay that person a little bit more. All right. So here it is the playoffs. I didn't know if I was going to get into the postseason. Um, if you've been here this whole season. Um, also, can I just say some folks who were uh, interested in asking questions for the hundredth episode asked me a lot of questions about like, why do you like baseball? <laughs> and you know, uh, how do you get into baseball? And I think if you've got unlimited time and you really have no sort of like uh, grounding or anchor to baseball at all, go back and listen to my old episodes. You could really take like a wild ride through the history of myself and baseball. Um, Cause a lot of the stuff I say I want to cover, I've actually already covered. I just want to cover it again. So <laughs> it's all back there. Um, especially I did two episodes, I think two separate episodes. I visited uh, the Negro leagues museums in both Kansas city and Birmingham, Alabama, um, and did episodes around those visits. Um, so go back and check those out. Uh, also, uh, did an episode in my dad's living room where I broke down and had just a full emotional experience. Um, so this, uh, this podcast has been a real trip. It's been a real trip and a real, uh, a real cruise, you know, just really, just really gone through my life in the past, uh, three years, um, and through baseball, but through and without it. So here we are. But this week I was like, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, it's hard for me to stay away from the postseason, and I really was like just not feeling good about watching it and uh, not really feeling good about watching like sports at all, even though they're incredibly integral to like my life and my experience. And uh, I just wasn't that into it. And then, you know, what came along the debates and I was like, guess what I'm going to do <laughs> instead of watching this debate, quote unquote debate, um, I'm going to watch baseball. And uh, I started watching baseball. Also, I thought maybe the Twins were going to beat the Astros. Silly me. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, yeah, I just like, hey, you know what was the one thing that could get me to watch baseball this season? A debate between those two people. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I got a freezer pack out of my freezer, put it under my laptop, hopped on over to the Reddit streams. And just said multiple tabs. I was doing like a great job with muting and unmuting, like listening to one game while I was watching the other one. And, you know, I will be totally honest. It felt good. <laughs> it felt
felt good to be into baseball again and be like tweeting with friends about baseball again. And so it was nice to feel good. It was nice to feel good for a minute. Um, hard to watch them celebrating and giving each other high fives and spitting and stuff. Despite the fact that they're not throwing the ball around the horn, which is ridiculous at this point. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but, um, it, it, it made me feel good. I have no shame or guilt around hopping in at the postseason. None whatsoever. Nobody's going to shame me around that. And also it is what it is. Like it's happening. I'm going to watch it. I'm like, um, I'm in it. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to the games. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? I'm also not paying for it. So I'm sure MLB hasn't given a shit about me, but if they hear that on this podcast, they'll probably come knocking on my door. So let's get into the rundowns and I won't keep you too much longer, but it's great to see you all. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays versus the Toronto Blue Jays. The Tampa Bay Rays were ranked number one in this system. All these are three game series and they are played at the higher ranked teams. Uh, the entire series played there. Um, <clears throat> so the Tampa Bay Rays came in number one, and the, the upstart Toronto Blue Jays came in eighth. Uh, and the AL's top-seeded Tampa Bay Rays swept the up-and-coming Toronto Blue Jays behind stellar pitching. I will say just up top, it's hilarious to say <laughs> that a team got swept in a three-game series. That's always going to crack me up. But uh, in game one, Blake Snell, that's my sweet baby boy, uh, Blake Snell took a no hitter into the sixth and recorded nine strikeouts and zero earned runs on the way to a three, one victory in game two, the Rays Tyler glass now recorded eight K's and two earned runs in six innings of work while Hunter Renfro's grand slam in the second pushed the Rays out to a seven Oh lead on the way to an eight, two victory. Both of the blue Jays runs came off solo home runs from catcher Danny Jansen, who bats ninth in the lineup. Not great. <laughs> I was really happy to see the Blue Jays in there. They're a lot of fun. A lot, a young team with a lot of uh, juniors on it. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. But I do love my Tampa Bay Rays. I just do. I just love my sweet baby Rays, you know. Um, also really enjoyed the amount. I didn't get to watch full games of this. But um, when they were going over the diagrams of the Tropicana uh, roof and what constituted a home run and what was a foul ball. And what it was like, Oh God, it was like watching a pinball machine or like, uh, playing mousetrap by yourself is very funny. Uh, it reminded me of one time I was playing wiffle ball, in my neighbor's yard and there were very large pine trees very close in, but he had this like ridiculously tall fence for some reason. And, uh, but we loved it because it really felt like an outfield fence for wiffle ball. Um, but before they got the fence, somebody hit the ball into this pine tree and I was trying to field it underneath. And I remember watching it and just seeing it like Plinko its way down to me. And I was like, I got it. I got it. I kept my eyes on the ball and then I caught it and nobody believed me, even though I was right there. <laughs> I, don't know. I uh, had a chip on my shoulder about that for a long time. So there you go. The Tampa Bay Rays uh, win the series two to nothing pretty handily. Uh, and then we've got the Oakland Athletics, my sweet baby Oakland A's, <laughs> my sweet baby A's. I got my sweet baby Rays and my sweet baby A's. Uh, they were ranked second in the versus the Chicago White Sox, who are ranked seventh. Uh, Oakland wins that series two to one. 
The Sox took game one behind standout performances from their stars, pitcher Lucas Giolito and slugger Jose Abreu. Giolito had eight strikeouts and one earned run over seven perfect innings. He was perfect through seven. And Abreu hit a two-run homer in the third on the way to a 4-1 victory. And this was in Oakland. And the A's won the next two games behind timely hitting from stars like Tommy LaStella. Just want to point out Tommy LaStella, Oakland A, former Los Angeles Angel in the postseason, Mike Trout, current and will always forever be Los Angeles Angel, once again not in the postseason. Uh, And Marcus Simeon, who both homered in game two, and pinch hitter Chad Pinder, Pinder hitter, who knocked in the go-ahead runs on an RBI single in the fifth inning of game three to put up the A's for good. Also just want to jump in with, if you don't know what an RBI is, it's a run batted in. So that means that uh, he hit a single with somebody in scoring position. And in scoring position means they're on second or third. Uh, If you're on first, that's not scoring position. Second and third is scoring position. So RBI single. Otherwise, you would call it a single. Just a little bit of knowledge for anybody that's new here. Uh, the A's won game two by a score of five to three and game three, six to four. Happy for my Oakland A's. I was happy to see the Chicago White Sox in the playoffs, in the postseason. I really wanted to see them go all the way. I just was like happy about it. Even though they've won a World Series in the past two decades, I was still into it. Um, <clears throat> there's been, you know, Central League dominance uh, by my hometownish team and so it was just nice to see some more central leagues in there um because it's just been it's for the past you know five or six years uh the central league has just been one team and then the rest of them are rebuilding so uh you know and the the royals and then it swapped out and so it's just you know it's just nice to see three central league teams in the postseason that's nice Speaking of the Central League, we've got the Minnesota Twins, who were third, and the Houston Astros with a sub-500 record at six. Very fishy to me. The mistake-prone Twins lost the first two games of their series against the Astros to push their franchise playoff losing streak to 18 games, an all-time MLB record. The Twins and the Astros were what got me watching. I was like, I want to watch the Twins beat the Astros, and I guess that's on me. In game one, a two-out error by Twins shortstop Jorge Polanco in the ninth inning opened the door to a three-run inning by the Astros on the way to a 4-1 victory. Uh, That was an awful thing. I watched it happen, and I could not believe it. Uh, I also think the, the, the commentators were so stunned by it. They, I forget. I don't even know who it was. It was some boring white guy. was like, and the Twins stay alive. Like, that's not how you would say that the Astros stay alive. Uh, but man, I Jorge Polanco, it's going to be a long off season because that was just a bonkers thing. And I, I like, I've never played professionally clearly, obviously. Uh, but I've definitely made throws like that and it doesn't feel good. So I can only imagine, um, all they had to do was get three outs (laughs) and, uh, they really needed that one. And he had plenty of time. He was the shortstop, and he just didn't plant his feet uh, to make a good throw to second. And the second baseman was already planted on the bag. And, uh, yeah, threw threw it into right field, and then the Astros just did not. They didn't let it pass them by, and then that was enough. That was all they needed. 
uh, really, to uh, <clears throat> go into the second game. And in game two, the Twins were down 2-1 to one in the eighth inning and starting to rally until pinch runner Byron Buxton got picked, up, picked off at first, uh, effectively ending the rally. So the Astros went on to win game two by a score of 3-1. to one. After the game, the Astros, who somehow continue to perceive themselves as the victims of the 2017 and 2018 cheating scandal and not its perpetrators, tweeted this from their official account. Stay mad, we'll stay winning. For the H. People are mad. People don't want to see us here. What are they going to say now? We're a solid team. We won a series on the road in Minnesota. So what are they going to say now? That's Carlos Correa. Uh, many people have a lot of thoughts about Carlos Correa. Um, I would say you're cheaters and <laughs> you played a team that made some mistakes and you took advantage of it. So I'm curious to see how you guys do against the Oakland athletics. And I could not be pulling for a team harder than I am for the Oakland athletics when that, that starts. And also like just happy for the athletics to have a, a, a chance at revenge. I hope they're able to take it. We shall see, and more will be revealed. <laughs> but holy shit, athletics, please put up a fight at least, because like, how in the I I don't understand. I mean, I guess I guess that's the only way you can get through that is by like cheating on such a level um, that you almost. I mean, you had to have the commissioner and all the owners on your side, um, which as a player I would be just devastated to have that as my like team basically. Um, and then to just like thumb your nose at all of it. Come on. It's humility is a, a short, um, it's, 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 there's not a lot of it to go around is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so then moving on to the Yankees, the New York Yankees who were ranked four and Cleveland baseball team who was ranked five. Uh, the Yankees swept Cleveland behind the big bats of Aaron judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and the timely hitting of Gary Sanchez and DJ LeMahieu. I would also add to bench coach Brett's <laughs> brilliant notes, uh, Gio Urshela's revenge, uh, which sounds maybe worse than it is. Um, <clears throat> he was traded to Toronto for cash and a player to be named later by Cleveland. Um, but they had too many infielders. They have Jose Ramirez and they had... Uh, Jason Kipnis and Francisco Lindor. They just, they didn't have a place for him. So, uh, also Glaber Torres and, uh, uh, Brett Gardner. Um, <clears throat> the Yankees won game one by a score of 12 to three against probable Cy Young award winner, Shane Bieber, uh, judge and Stanton both homered. Uh, I did not watch this game. I have heard from many people. It was over before it started. Just a sad thing to see happen to someone who had such a great year in Shane Bieber. And I wonder if this changes his Cy Young uh, award. It probably won't just because there's no one even close to his stats. Um, but sometimes that does happen uh, where, you know, the Cy Young is for the regular season. But um, I do think that first round postseasons can affect that. So we'll see. I don't, I doubt it in this case because he, he was running away with it, but, um, that just goes to show that like only, only seeing one division and then, you know, playing an evenly ranked team outside of your division, it, it would have maybe paid off to have Shane Bieber start the second game. Uh, but whatever, uh, <laughs> I don't question. I do question Sandy Alomar. 
him pulling Josh Naylor for Jordan Luplau. It worked out, but I also think what if Josh Naylor hits a three-run home run and we have a different game on our hands uh, for game two and the Yankees came back to win game two by a score of 10 to nine after a ninth inning rally led by Sanchez and LeMahieu. Um, just some small, small ball. Sanchez hit a sack fly that was long enough to score and tie up the game. And then DJ LeMahieu hit a uh, Ben Zobris style uh, double up the middle. Uh, there was also a, a rain delay. <laughs> this game, it, it was almost 10 to eight. <laughs> uh, and this game was way too close to the 2016 game seven in Cleveland for my liking. Uh, Chapman even showed up and uh, uh, Cesar Hernandez had a first pitch fastball. <laughs> oh God, it was way too close for me. So then we've we've got in the National League, the LA Dodgers ranked number one by about a mile versus the Milwaukee Brewers ranked eight. Uh, the Dodgers completed an efficient sweep of the Brewers behind a solid pitching performance from Walker Bueller in game one. Uh, solid might be a stretch. Uh, he's battling blisters, which to you, a person who doesn't pitch, might sound like not too much, but when essentially your whole job is the way a uh, baseball flies off of your fingertips, it's a big deal to have a blister on one of them. Um, <clears throat> and a vintage gem from Clayton Kershaw in game two with Kershaw tossing 13 Ks, one walk, which came right after the announcer mentioned that no one had ever thrown that many strikeouts with no walks in a postseason game, uh, and zero earned runs in eight innings of work. The Dodgers hitting was not dominant in the series, which reminds me of every postseason that the Dodgers have been in since 2015, since I've been watching, really, uh, but managed to be on time. In game one, Mookie Betts and Corey Seager led the way with three runs and two RBIs between them. That's runs batted in. Uh, on the way to a 4-2 victory. Also, just want to mention that Chris Taylor's got his 2017 splits back. He's hitting like 392 with runners in scoring position and something like 360 or something uh, with no one on base. So, pretty good. Uh, in game two, the Dodgers won 3 to nothing by scoring all their runs in the fifth inning, uh, something else the Dodgers love to do, including a two-RBI double by Betts, in game two, the Dodgers won three to nothing by scoring all their runs in the fifth inning. Very efficient. I'm being sarcastic. Including a, a two RBI double by Betts. Uh, Brewers pitchers, Brandon Woodruff and Josh Hader otherwise put together impressive outings with Woodruff logging nine Ks in 4.2 innings and Hader with two strikeouts in 1.1 innings of work. Uh, Brandon Woodruff looking just like he did in 2018 uh, in Milwaukee against the Dodgers and against Clayton Kershaw. Uh, also, if you remember, he hit a home run off of Clayton Kershaw. Glad that couldn't happen anymore with the universal DH. Um, <clears throat> and then we've got Atlanta versus the Cincinnati Reds. And Atlanta, that baseball team, was ranked number two, and the Reds coming in at seven. Remarkably, it was Atlanta's pitching, not their hitting, that earned them the sweep of the Reds. Atlanta outlasted the Reds in game one, winning one to nothing in 13 innings. Uh, just side note to anybody that's not fully paying attention to the postseason, I wasn't either. They do not, they no longer have the runners on second uh, in the 10th inning rule for the postseason. So it will be as long as it needs to be for the postseason. Uh, in 13 innings on a walk-off RBI single from Freddie Freeman. The game set a record for the longest scoreless postseason game with the first run not coming until the bottom of the 13th. 
The teams also combined for a postseason record of 37 strikeouts. <laughs> the pitching exhibition started with seven scoreless innings from Cy Young candidates Trevor Bauer for the Reds and Max Fried for Atlanta and eventually included appearances from 14 total pitchers between the two teams. Uh, and then uh, Atlanta won that second game, blanking Cincinnati yet again. So Cincinnati has like a 15-game streak scoreless in postseason play, something like that. It's not notated, so I'm not 100% correct. And I don't feel like pausing the podcast to look it up. So you can look it up and scream at me in your... Oh, you don't go to cubicles. <laughs> we don't have cubicles anymore. There's one little silver lining uh, for the pandemic. And then we've got the Chicago Cubs ranked number three versus the Miami Marlins at six. Currently, the Marlins lead the series one to nothing. The Miami Marlins shocked the surging Chicago Cubs with a five to one win in game one as Miami scored all five runs in the seventh inning behind homers from Corey Dickerson and Jesus Aguilar. Game two was postponed due to weather on Thursday and will be played Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so that's happening right now. And the score is uh, two to nothing. Miami bottom of the seventh. Miami looking to take out the Chicago Cubs in the first round. Uh, insert Michael J. Fox saying against Miami? from uh, Back to the Future Part 2 right there. Uh, then, perhaps, in my eyes, the most exciting series so far, and I only really watched the game from last night, we've got the San Diego Padres ranked four versus the St. Louis Cardinals, who are ranked five. And the series is tied one-to-one. In perhaps the most compelling series of the wild card round, me and bench coach Brett are always on the same page, the page he sends me to read. The veteran St. Louis Cardinals are batting, battling the breakout San Diego Padres in a tied series. After St. Louis took game one by a score of 7-4 to four and zoomed out to a 4-0 lead by the second inning of game two, it looked like they would cruise to a sweep. But the Padres, the MLB's best late-game offensive team this year, came alive with a barrage of home runs that started in the sixth. Fernando Tatis Jr. and Will Myers both homered twice, the first duo to do that in the playoffs since little-known duo Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in the 1932 World Series, and Manny Machado also homered on the way to an 11-9 victory. Game three is Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and the winner of this series will go on to play the Dodgers. Um, very exciting. The Rays and the Yankees are playing each other. If you're a big baseball head, you know what a grudge match that is. Uh, plus the Astros versus the Athletics. Grudge match versus grudge match versus grudge match. Uh, my Dodger friends really want the Cardinals instead of the Padres. I just can't help but be on the dad wagon, though. You know, uh, I was on uh, the Cespedes Barbecue, the, the baseball barbecue podcast arguing that the Dodgers are going to win simply based on the fact that I can't go see them play. So uh, they're also on the dad wagon. So consider me on the dad wagon this year. I don't care. I just don't care um, about like, you know, liking other teams that aren't my team. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to have fun and keep my mask on and be considerate of others. That's what I'm here to do. So uh, this is where we're at this week in baseball 
If you're not into it, I get it. If you're into it, I get it. Here we are. Let's have fun. Let's take care of each other. And I love you. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.